Welcome to the Church in the Peak podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information, visit churchinthepeak.org or come and join us at 10am every Sunday. I said to Jenny earlier, this is going to be like going back to the uh, 80s or 90s with a fixed microphone and uh, she can remember that so she's all right. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. We could get you on a pulpit if you want. You're You're all right. Okay. Um, Lord, we thank you for Jenny and uh, we thank you for the blessing that she is. And uh, we pray as she brings your word to us this morning that we'd hear your word and we'd understand more of who you are as a result. Amen. Don't we love our elders? I, I love them. I love the fact that I am covered by them. And I'm not a loose cannon. I'm covered by them. And I love them. Thank you. (laughs) Right. I thought if anything else goes wrong, they won't ask me again. (laughs) Right. What I've loved this morning is that the fellowship has been preaching my sermon. I think I can go home now. Anyway, I had a strange encounter with God this week. And he spoke very, very clearly to me in a way I've never quite experienced before. And it confirmed roughly what I was doing, which was good, but it was very clear. You see, in our house, if there's a spider, I'll say, Ian, Ian, there's a spider on the wall or there's a spider in the bath. And he does something with it, you know. But this uh, the other week, there was the tiniest little spider on the lounge wall. And it was a very pale one. He couldn't even see it. So there was no chance of uh, it going. But it was tiny. So I'd been watching it. And, and, <laughs> and it would wander from one picture and go to another one and hide. And... And, you know, and then another time it would wander back. And, and so I, I got into the habit of when I was in the lounge, I would just look up into that corner, where's me, me pet spider? <laughs> and then God spoke to me this week as I was trying to look for the spider. And he seems to have disappeared, so I'd gone off us. We are coming to a time when we clean out the house. I have never had anything so powerful said into my spirit. We are coming to a time when we clean out the house. And I automatically thought, oh, spring cleaning, you know, personal spring cleaning. We've been talking about it this morning, that God is asking us to get ready to clean out this house, this house, this house needs because we're a holy or we're supposed to be a holy pure people and then he said again cobwebs have grown in the dark and there's a spider attached to that cobweb well I started looking around didn't I? I I can't see any cobwebs and I'm sure there must be some because I'm not that fastidious but cobwebs have grown in the darkness We've been through two or three years of darkness, really, haven't we? Of difficulty. And cobwebs creep in. And, and you can I remember the, some while back, lying in bed and looking up at the light above me. 
And there it was, looped, the cobweb. Where's it come from? Have you seen that cobweb? You know, get me, me thing out and get rid of the cobweb. But there is a spider attached to the cobweb. And I don't know what that means to you, the spider, because obviously it's a spiritual spider. The enemy creeps in. And these are the thoughts I want you to hold in your heart. A time when we clean out the house. Cobwebs grown in the darkness. And a spider is attached. In other words, we don't take things casually. When God speaks, we need to listen. And we need to hear what he's saying. The last time I spoke, and you'll all go, oh, no, again. Um, the children of Israel were resting at Elam. But now they're on the move. And uh, there's a scripture that, uh, is it flashing up or not? doesn't matter if it isn't. It's in uh, Deuteronomy 8. And it says, be careful. This is where God's speaking to the children of Israel because they're coming to a place where they're going to be going to possess the land. And it says, be careful to follow every command I am giving you today so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord on oath promised your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years to humble and test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna, which neither you nor your ancestors had known, to teach you that man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Your clothes did not wear out, your feet did not swell during these forty years, knowing then in your heart that as a man disciples his son, so the Lord God disciples you. Forty years they had to wander, because whether they were a bit thick or rebellious or what, they wandered for 40 years. I've been walking this particular path with God for the last two years, and I'm praying, not 40, Lord. I can't think I can cope to be that old. I'd over 100 if I am, but there we go. But God has time for us. God is not in a rush with us, but he wants to deal with us. In Deuteronomy 6, it says, and I'll, I'll abbreviate because time is going. In Deuteronomy 6, it says, God's speaking to the Israelites about when they come into the land of promise. Verse 13, it says, fear God. He doesn't leave them with any doubts at the way they're to behave. And God doesn't leave us with any doubts about the way that we should behave. Verse 13 again, it says, serve him only. Do not follow other gods. Keep the commandments. Do what is right and good so that it may go well with you and you can go in and take the land the Lord has promised. Very, very clear expectations from God for his people. And he has the same expectations for each and every one of us. So I'm going to ask you a question. 
What have you brought with you from last year? The Israelites had came out of Egypt, but Egypt was still very much in them. So the question again, what have you brought with you from last year? And what could be holding you back? We've heard about balloons full of rocks and other things today. The sermon already preached so beautifully. What have you brought with you? Old habits. I'm good at them. I, I always sit in the same place, as you know. I always do the same sort of things. I'm such a creature of habit, it's boring. The reluctance to change. And yet, you know, even though I'm a creature of habit, I love change. I love to do things to... I long to be able to move the furniture around in our house. But they don't fit anywhere else, and it frustrates me. Ian used to say when we used to, where we before that uh, it's a good job he doesn't come home drunk because he'd never know where his bed was. <laughs> I love to move it about. Change stimulates us and and, and and does something for us. Change needs to take place. Change that leads towards holiness. And we like change because it makes us feel better. But God likes change that makes us holy. It's uncomfortable, but God likes it. Doubt and frustration. I nearly went home twice this morning, doubted myself completely. And yet God has kept confirming and confirming what he wants to be said. Uh, The answers... Uh, you know, to promises that are, seem never to come. That frustrates us, frustrates me. And I've got a very dear friend that constantly says to me, Jen, calm down. Don't allow bitterness. Keep it quiet. Keep calm. And that's what we need, a good friend. Pride. Why did I want to go home this morning? Because I wanted to look good this morning. And I thought, that's Pride. That's pride. I want it to look good. And if I don't look good, I don't care. Because I want God to take preeminence this morning. Because you know me. You know what I'm like. You know who I am. Anything good is of God. All this takes hold of our lives. And I need to get on. All this takes hold of our lives. It restricts us. It holds us back. But there are two things, and I want to say my intention, because I'm going to share this, because it's been driving me mad, and God has kept on at me, and I'm going to say it, but my intention isn't to offend anyone, but God has kept on at me, so I want to warn you, and the first thing I want to warn you about is this new thing, mindfulness. And you probably, well, it's lovely, these nice sayings, these nice things, we do all this mindfulness stuff. I go to a a group, it's for those that have been involved, uh, affected by cancer, and there's a chappy that comes along, and he thinks he's being a blessing to everybody, and and he wants them to go into relax mode. And, And he says to them, right, now, put a name on it. And my eyes come out like organ stops. And I'm thinking, 
what are you on with? <laughs> and and he says, now just allow the, 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 the calmness and just empty your minds. And I'm praying, Lord Jesus, just cover everyone in this room. <laughs> Don't allow these things to touch them. Don't allow the enemy a foothold in the lives of these people. Mindfulness. I even go swimming. And the lady says, oh, it's wonderful to see you enjoying your swimming. I've always loved swimming. When I was at school, there was a choice between the choir and swimming. And I'm strongly advised to go swimming. And I love swimming. And it's a real blessing. And, and the, the lady said, oh, it's so mindful, isn't it? I thought, no, I'm thrashing up and down here trying to get 30 glints in before my time's up. And I want to be fit and healthy, not mindful. You know, and so if you're in, in, into this stuff, I, all I want to say is to be cautious. Because when we're wrapped up in things like this, someone else is controlling your life. Is there a cobweb that's come in? And is there a spider attached to that cobweb? And the next one, and I'm sure you'll throw bricks at me on this one, because it's Harry Potter. And, oh, it's all right. No, it isn't. I want to say very definite, no, it isn't. It's easy, it's nice, friendly, the kids love it. But, you know, I speak with authority there, because when I was in my teens, there was similar and I was captivated. And I loved it. It was exciting. And I was reading it. And the Holy Spirit said to me one day, What are you filling your mind with? And I dropped the book there and then. And I didn't dare touch it again. And I had to have some real prayer. Because, you see, when we feed ourselves on these things... We open a little door into our souls and the enemy knows all about it. And that we, the scripture says, don't give the devil a foothold. What are we doing? You know, we'd be up in arms if somebody said, oh, come along to this occult meeting with me. We are touching the things of the occult when we touch things like this. And you can throw bricks, and I accept them. But I want, I couldn't go out of this place without giving a warning. If God has planted a warning within me, you've got to have it, I'm afraid. We can, we can, we can easily not worry about this door. But you know, Satan knows it's there, and it's open. There's a chink in the armour. And he will come along sometime with a temptation into our life that we can't resist because we've given him that little bit of space. We've given him permission. So I want to say, just think about it. Don't be careless. Be very, very careful. Galatians says... In Galatians 5, it is for freedom that Christ has set you free. Stand firm. Do not be burdened again by the yoke of slavery or the cobwebs with spiders dangling. Do not be 
conforming to it. Distraction. And I can put my hand up. We talk about a butterfly mind, minor on speed. The quiet time that we come to do. I can think of 20 jobs that need doing immediately when I come to a quiet time. Distractions always come our way when we're trying to be still before God. Have you ever thought about it? When you're still, the butterflies fly. First, how do we defeat all these things? How do we stand in these things? First of all, we need to identify our weakness. It doesn't mean to say we're giving it space, but if we identify it, we are aware of what's coming. Be humble and acknowledge that it is a problem. Know it, see it, and resist it. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee from you. We don't have to be succumb to these things anymore. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. The old has passed away. How many believe that? The old has passed away. We are new creatures in Christ Jesus. There is a scripture that says, though a man falls seven times, the righteous man falls seven times, he rises up again. We all make mistakes. But we are new creatures in Christ Jesus. Go back to Ephesians 6. And uh, it's not just a nice Bible study that we've had. It's the way God wants us to be. To put on that armour. And to stand wearing that armour. I've called this my wilderness training camp. I look like a butch soldier, don't I? It's a training camp, but it has a manual. And we find that in that scripture that we read. And verse 1, it said, this is what the officer shouts to the soldiers. Be careful to follow every command. Remember how he led you and how often we forget. The children of Israel, no sooner had God uh, delivered them from a situation, they forgot. And moaned. Elijah stood on Carmel and fire fell from heaven. And then Jezebel spoke and he forgot the God who delivers with fire would be too afraid to deliver him from uh, Jezebel. And he ran. And, and, and we are like this. We have to remember how he is leading us. And why? To humble us, it said in, the, in, in verse 2. To test you in order to know what was in your heart. That spoke to me. Whatever God's doing, he's doing it so as he can find out, or I can find out, what's in my heart. I, uh, I'm sure, uh, as I include myself, that we all have a Sunday face. You know, we put the smile on. We tell everybody everything's fine. But God is speaking into our hearts. When he looks in our face, he looks into our heart. And he knows. He doesn't have to be told. He knows. He wants you and me to know what is in our hearts. And, and, and that's what he wants us. Do not give the devil a foothold, it says in Ephesians. Hebrews says, 
let us throw off everything. There's no confusion there, is there? Everything. But it goes on to say that hinders all the things that hinder our life. Throw it off. And this is the baggage that we carry. That was nicely put in a balloon with bricks in. But I'm talking about baggage. Mentally, get hold of your baggage. Is it heavy? If it's heavy, it's time. You let it go. And this is what the wilderness is all about. This wilderness walking is all about coming to a place where the baggage has no value. You see, if we go on holiday and we're in a desert place and you open the case and there's a snorkel and a pair of flippers, it's no good at all, not whatsoever. And so our baggage was a thing of the past, but we keep hold of it and we bring it with us. And, and he asks us to, to allow him to draw the victory in our life so that we can let go of this baggage. And that's all it takes. We let go and we have no more to do with it. The word of God is clear that we are new creation and we let go of the old one. Don't carry it around. Jude says to him who is able to keep you from falling and to present you before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. Can you imagine standing before God? And Jesus is there saying, they're my children and there's no fault in them. They're spotless, they're perfect, they're whole. And I just love them to bits, he says. And I'm just so happy to present them to you, God, because they are faultless. That's what Jesus sees. That's what he thinks about us. We're faultless. And we say, well, yes, but there's... And yeah. That was the past, and he has no memory of our sin. And what we're carrying along with us is long time past for us letting it go. God is looking... For a bride, which is pure, it's transparent, and it's standing. So this is the image that we're going to have one day as we stand before God and Jesus presents us. Over the weeks, we've done a lot of talk about standing. The wilderness is a good place to stand. When life's uncertain, it doesn't feel good, or nothing seems to be happening we stand. Because this is where we let go of the baggage, as I've said. Because it's of no use in the wilderness. You've gone as far as you can holding the baggage. It's old stuff. Let it go. Don't swap the old stuff for new stuff. Just wait on God and he will give you what he wants you to carry. But I would imagine if you just remember what we we learned in Ephesians that it is the sword of the spirit and the shield of faith, not baggage. As I come to a close, it's not our job to gain the victory, but it is our place to increasingly live in the victory Christ won for us. For us, we are called to stand and to wait 
Israel had Egypt left in them. We have Egypt within us very often. The Holy Spirit comes to purge and to purify. What of complainers, offence takers, grudge bearers? The church is full of them. Church UK. We ha- they have no place in what God wants as a bride. Jesus looks for this bride who is glorious, fierce and standing. When you look, picture that image and look carefully because that beautiful gown that she's wearing, you will see glinting underneath it. That's the armour. She wears the full armour and it's covered in that beautiful robe that's the bride. Proverbs says, I've already quoted, a righteous man falls seven times and he rises again. What have you got your confidence in this morning? Are you still holding these bags or have you already this morning dropped them and said, Lord, it's all yours. I will no longer want all that part of my life. I'm no prophet at all, but I believe we are living in changing times. We see the political scene, chaos. We see the, the, the national scene, strikes and all sorts of things, chaos. I was listening to some report that talks about the Church of England divided because people are not wanting to go the way that the um, school of bishops or whatever they call them are choosing to go. And so there is division amongst them. And you know that is going to get worse and worse, I'm sorry to have to say, but it is. But in Matthew 25, briefly say that there were five wise and five foolish virgins. And what am I going to speak? I'm going to speak about the fact that five were ready. And that's all I'm going to say about that. The cry rang out, here's the bridegroom. You know the parable. Five that all been to sleep, all get up. Five lamps had gone out. Five were burning and they got more oil. Not going into any of that, the only thing I'm saying is that five were ready. And as I close, I want to say, are you ready? It's challenged me because I didn't want to be here this morning because I thought, how can I stand here? Because I know where I can point my finger this way. But God is so faithful and he never fails us and he will take us on. Are you ready to allow him to transform your life so that we can stand as that beautiful bride I think we have to respond to that, don't we? Um, we can't just um, kind of go, that's very nice, and go for a coffee. Um, so uh, I just want to, uh, if the band are still here, if I could invite them to come back, that would be great. Because I think um, we need to respond to God uh, in this. So um, I think there's been really clear challenge this morning. So if you've... Um, found that there's some cobwebs and uh, you need to have the spiders cleared this morning, um, then I think 
That's what we need to do.